Hello and welcome to the Cat Master Chronicles. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from cat owners about well-being. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, the founder of Chatty Cats Care, a professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with cat owners about their individual journeys. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. This episode is brought to you by Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Cat Mass Day Chronicles. And I am so excited this week to be joined by Camille Radford, all the way from Maryland, Baltimore. She is a multi-talented student and small business owner of Rainbow VLG Warriors. Camille designs and creates faux hand-rolled and dyed dreadlocks, and they look amazing, by the way. The hair is sold on Etsy, and she has been recently added to the list of Black-owned businesses, which is a great achievement. She is a published co-author of Cookies and Cream Poetry Book, and is a great photographer, and you can check out some of her work on her Facebook page, Gotcha. But we couldn't have a conversation without speaking about Camille's cat, Killmonger, Toothless Radford Jackson. Bit of a mouthful. (laughs) Such a great name, by the way. And thank you so much for joining us today, Camille. Um, Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, Sure. So I am really excited to be here, first of all. Thanks for having me. Um, You're welcome. (laughs) I live in Baltimore, Maryland, like you said. Mm -hmm. I got my cat from Pennsylvania. So while I was in school, I rescued Ah. him. Um, So that's where he's from. (laughs) Um, He is two years old now. So he's he's in his terrible twos stage. (laughs) He just wants to meow all the time. Oh, no. no (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I have my own small business and then I also have like a full-time job where I'm an executive and HR administrator so that's what I do you know it's my full-time job Um, I graduated from college in 2018 with a bachelor's in English writing and English literature with a minor in international studies amazing (laughs) um yeah you know I (laughs) I was actually studying to be pre-veterinary medicine so yeah interesting <laughs> had a lot of things that changed <laughs> yeah yeah and then you you went for the the other room like kind of like an opposite yeah yeah I did it my senior year of college too so I had to stay for an extra year because I changed my major ah. um yeah luckily I had an English minor so I didn't have too too much to catch up on but yes. my senior year um I went back to school in the fall and I had just came back from Thailand and I did a study abroad there where we did like um, veterinary medicine on elephants and wow. cats and dogs. Amazing. Yeah, it was really amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it was. That sounds, sounds like a, such a yeah. good experience as well. And to go to Thailand, that's just really cool. Um, I discovered you have a photography page as well on Facebook called Gotcha and you have lots of great imagery um, that you took on and off campus while you were studying and was that like a hobby was you a member of a society um so at first it was I (laughs) randomly saw a comedy show 
and I came to take pictures um, for my school because my activities director asked me to take photos of the activity. Okay. And I went to take photos and <laughs> I like to take candid photos. Mm. So um, he kind of included me in his joke and I said, gotcha. And that was kind <laughs> of the start <laughs> of why I named the, the Facebook page Gotcha Bye. Photography because I take a lot of candid photos, um, which he really loved. So that was great. Um, Good. But then after that, um, I became the president of our photography club at my college. So cool. that kind of spurred me on to continue taking pictures. So, yeah. yeah, I love how it grew so organically as well. And um, just the way the name came about and the way you started. <laughs> That's amazing. So is that something that you want to kind of continue now? Um, I would say Yes, for the most part, like I still, um, I take photos for people. I just did a graduation shoot this summer um, for someone who graduated in 2020. So yeah, I did a graduation shoot. I did some professional photos for a family member's business. I've done some wedding photography. So I've, I've dipped my toe in, you know, a couple of outlets in that way. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It sounds like you have a great range of experience there as well. Um, so I came across your Instagram account and I was immediately attracted to the bright colors and your colorful content. Um, and shortly after I found your business account, Rainbow VLG Warriors. Can you tell us a bit more about what inspired you to create this business? Um, yeah, I, so I guess my junior year of college, mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I dyed my hair and bleached my hair a lot that summer and ah. I came back to school and I lost about 12 inches of hair, mm -hmm. um, kind of fast because it all fell out and I was not doing very well of treating my hair. So I had a very, very, very small Afro. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wanted, I wanted longer hair and I, you know, tried all the other synthetic methods, but they just, they were pulling my hair out. Mm -hmm. So I started, looking for something else that wasn't going to pull my hair out. And that would be like lighter because a lot of the synthetic hair is really heavy. So I wanted something lighter and I found a, I wish I could remember her name, but I found, ah, it was Tina Tiana okay. on YouTube. Yeah. And I loved her. She was so bright. She was so colorful. And I was like, what is in her hair? How did she get this? <laughs> what is this? Um, and her Facebook page, um, not her Facebook, her YouTube showed how she makes her dreads. Oh, so I cool. said, okay, I'm going to go on to Etsy. I'm going to buy some wool. And I kind of had like me and four friends sitting in the kitchen of our dorm rolling dreads wow. <laughs> for like a weekend. <laughs> That's a cool activity. Yeah, it was an event. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a lot of help with that first set. And I made about 60 double-ended um, dreadlocks. Oh, which wow. was way too many dreads to have <laughs> in my head um, yeah. on retrospect. So that was like 120 dreads wow. <laughs> in my head that were very thick. They weren't thin. I had no idea what I was doing. Like some of them were like missing little pieces and just they're my experiment dreads but mm -hmm. I still have them to this day yeah um, you should keep so, them oh yeah <laughs> I put them in every once in a while just to go ha 
look at how far I've come. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's kind of one of the things that started why I started wearing wool dreads. So I started that my mm-hmm. junior year. And then I had a woman reach out to me on Instagram and was just like, what is in your hair? <laughs> and how do you do this? How do you put it in? Where did you get it from? And I was like, oh, hi, I made them. And she was like, do you sell them? And I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Here's, you know, some Etsy accounts that sell the same thing. And she was like, that's not really, you know, like what I'm looking for. They don't look like the ones that are in your head. And I was oh. just like, ah, okay. So I decided that I wanted to start my own business, but I was still in college mm-hmm. and it just wasn't feasible. So about a year ago, I was financially sound and I was just like, okay, you know what? We're going to go for this. I, you know, had the right means to make everything work. So I had like my iPad where I could, I wanted to have my own um, logo, but I wanted it to be representative of my company. So I drew it myself, which was terrifying, (laughs) but, um, you know, it came out great. I had some, you know, wisdom from other artists that I know that are digital artists. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the start of me deciding finally, okay, it's time that I share all the wisdom and secrets that I've gained in the last like three to four years of wearing wool dreadlocks and then making them in different shapes, different sizes, you know, trying to get that like perfect number of dreads mm-hmm. and what thickness works for what styles and yeah, so that's kind of why I started. That's so cool. Um, would you have you got a YouTube account for for um, Rainbow VLG Warriors? I would love to say yes. I would. You should. <laughs> but <laughs> I know I feel very hesitant to. Okay. I think the same reason why I was so hesitant to start my company is because I felt like. I didn't, I don't have yet everything that I need to make the quality of videos that I want, Um, but I'm slowly, I'm slowly working there. So maybe early next year, you know, that's, that's a goal of mine, but right now I'm trying to, you know, you're just building Instagram and yeah, Yeah, I hear you completely, (laughs) but it will be such a cool, like lockdown. I don't know how things are in the States at the moment, but, um, in the UK, you know, people are talking that there might be like a second lockdown that it might be like for a couple of weeks. So it's always kind of good to start these projects. I found, I find, um, during that time, that's why, that's, um, why I kind of started the podcast as well. It was, um, an idea that I had, um, during the lockdown and, um, yeah I just kind of rolled with it and here we are (laughs) what is your favorite color of looks and um to wear and to make Mm, to wear yes I've had so many colors (laughs) I like the yellow Um, I I do like the yellow on you I saw um, some of the photos and I feel like it it looked really cool I really liked that color. yellow was a funny because all of my friends were like you hate yellow and I was like I do (laughs) <laughs> but it looks so great on me. It did. <laughs> um, I probably would have to say there was a set that I made that I feel like I'm the most proud of, if that makes any sense. Um, yes. I made them probably my junior or senior year of college. I really wanted these, um, this rainbow, not rainbow, but kind of like sunset hair. Mm. And I was like, you're not allowed to dye your hair ever again. And I couldn't afford to buy the wigs that I wanted. <laughs> 
So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make them in dreads. And that was the first time that I had ever dyed a set of dreads, multiple colors. Mm. And I was very nervous to do them. And I also, I crocheted those locks instead of rolling them. Okay. So that was also something new. Um, Mm -hmm. So they were kind of like my experiment dreads and I've never done that again. So (laughs) I would say they are probably my most cherished and my most favorite because of that. Um, Of course, the first pair will always be the top for everything because (laughs) they went through a whole process with Uh them. Um, But yeah. um, Now that sounds really cool. Favorite color? Hmm. I I don't know. I think the rainbow ones would really have to be Mm. my favorite color. Either the rainbow or the pink. Because the rainbow was made for, you know, pride and Mm -hmm. things like that. But the pink pair... I had um, the pink pair I had because a woman at my mom's church got diagnosed with breast cancer and I had in, yeah, it was really sad and I was in school. So there was really no way that I could support my mom's a breast cancer survivor. So people always come to her. Yeah. 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 So I wanted to support, but I was at school and I had in blonde locks. Mm -hmm. So I texted my mom and I was like, okay, I'm going to take these locks out. I'm gonna dye them pink and then I'm gonna put them back in. And she was just like, okay. I'm going to show my support. Yeah. So um, you know, and the woman just, you know, she saw the pictures and I got with uh we had a sorority on campus that wasn't my sorority. Um, it was Zeta. They were um doing their breast cancer awareness month, and I was like, hey can we take some pictures with my pink hair? And they were like, of course. Amazing. <laughs> so I kind of, you know, jumped in there and tried to do more for breast cancer awareness with, yes. you know, the color of my hair and the power of pictures. <laughs> See, this is just, I love this. I love that story because it's just amazing that you can, you can do something, something so powerful and, and you think, Oh, at the time, yeah, I'm just dying something. I'm just dying the locks pink, but it's so meaningful. And I guess, I don't know if you spoke to the lady after, but I, I'm guessing that she was really touched by, you know, the efforts and, and, and what you did. Yeah, she, I think she was more so because I had never met her. Okay. She wasn't expecting. Yeah, I never met her before. Um, she wasn't expecting that. But I have seen my mom go through breast cancer when mm-hmm. I was younger. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was a lot on me as a kid. And yes. my grandmother had breast cancer when my mom was a kid. And then also uh, it came back when I was in college. And, you know, so there, we have a lot of history with breast cancer in my family. We take it very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we oh, always try to show as much support as possible. Do you know No what matter I mean? where we are. Yeah, absolutely. But even like during, like maybe for the next um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, you can kind of maybe even you know, donate like 10% of the cells um, of, of the pink hair to um, the breast cancer awareness charity. Um, and I think a lot of people would be happy to support that as well. I would be, you know, I'd love pink hair. I love pink. So yeah, <laughs> maybe if that was, you know, something that you wanted to look into um, a different way of, of supporting the charity in the future, that would be really cool. Yeah, that would be. And um, it's kind of crazy because a lot of things are happening in the States, as you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and we, you know, we're coming up on 
probably the I thought that having, you know, voting for Barack Obama was going to be like the most uh, I was so mad because I was only like two years away from being able to vote. <laughs> so uh, I couldn't vote. Okay. Um, but yeah, I voted in the last election and, um, you know, getting to vote during this election also is just really empowering but yeah there's you know there's a lot of issues that we're going through with voting and ballots and mail-in ballots and in voting ballots and then the coronavirus so like less polling stations so yeah it's it's a lot but this um i'm going to be doing early voting with my parents um because that's what we decided to do so far if something happens then you know we'll do our absentee ballots of course Mm -hmm. but so far we're going to do in-person voting so this uh early voting is in October for Maryland. Um, So I won't be doing the breast cancer awareness personally myself this year because I decided that I wanted to wear kind of, I haven't fully fleshed out the idea yet, but Uh I'm going to be wearing red, white, and blue in some way (laughs) for for my next hair lock. Yeah. We have, you know, our Democrats are representative blue and then yes. our Republicans are representative red. Yes. Um, but then the American flag is red, white, and blue. Yes. But we've also, you know, had a lot of police brutality that's been in the yes. news. Um, well, I mean, it's been there for years, but mm-hmm. it's just kind of because of everything that's happening, things mm-hmm. just tend to explode a lot more. So I want to make them red, white, and blue, but I kind of want to bring in um, the base of them is going to be black. Nice. So kind of like the the base of, you know, what America was built on was on, uh-huh. people always say like it's built on the backs of slaves. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I'm trying to tie everything in. And I like, love that. <laughs> I love that. Idea. Trying to stay politically correct in my own, you know, I, I know no one's going to take, you know, my dreads too, too seriously, but I definitely, when I go to vote, I want to stand there, Good. you know, with my black, blue, white, and yes. red dreads. Yes. <laughs> um, so kind of like I did for the, the pink locks. Sometimes my locks have, you know, like a statement to say, just like the rainbow dreads. Yes, um, exactly. For you know. pride. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes That's they have cool. statements and sometimes... I just Sometimes wanted to I have just, a lemonade yeah. themed birthday. Yeah. I <laughs> so, <hate>. yellow. <laughs> exactly. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. No, I'm definitely going to order some now because I'm thinking of like different ideas in my head. I'm talking <laughs> to you. And yeah, I really love, I love that idea. I love that how we can kind of represent different things using our hair. Our hair is so versatile. And yeah. I love that. I love that about my hair. Um, I think like back in the day, I used to have quite a lot of trauma around my hair. I've only recently kind of started to embrace my natural hair. Um, Before that, Mm. I was just like straightening my hair, relaxing my hair, um, I guess, to kind of, you know, fit with the certain beauty standards that were happening. And I don't remember many people actually having natural hair at school as well while I was studying. Um, So now I'm embracing my natural hair and um, different protective styles. So yeah, I'm excited to kind of venture and to, to look at your hair and to try different styles. So yeah, this is, this is amazing. This is like making me excited right now. So I'm so (laughs) glad that I met you and come across your page. Um, Like share those different ideas. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I'll definitely stay in touch and um, take some photos and upload them onto our page with some cats. <laughs> um, so how did you feel to see your locks on Etsy for the first time when you when you finally, you know, uploaded, started the Etsy shop? And then, of course, they were added to the black owned business shop. How did that feel to see your product that you work so hard on online? I was terrified. Yeah, <laughs> I think would be like the first emotion. I I don't know. It just, you know, it took so long to get to that point that I was ready to put them online. So I think I was more, I was just so nervous. And I remember asking like coworkers and just any person that would listen to me for like five seconds to go, Mm. so what do you think about if I make this post? What does this say to you? What, (laughs) how does this speak to you? My friends were just like, it's fine. Like, it's it's (laughs) great. Very informative. Keep going. And I'm just like, okay, but what about this one? And I would, you know, have little, meet conversations with you know some of my friends from school and some family members just to you know get a wide variety of uh people's opinions on different things so I could see yeah so when I first put it up I was yeah I think the first emotion is probably just a little bit of fear because my brain was like you can't go back now it's up (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then the other half of me was just really excited Mm. to be able to reach out to the young lady who messaged me, you know, like yes, three years ago yes. and be like, Hey, you know, this is, mm-hmm. this is a thing now. <laughs> so, you know, before I was very hesitant to make anything for anyone else. And I was just like, no, you know, these are just for me. It's just for my self-expression, but yeah. then seeing, you know, other people either in person or in line, online being like, I want to be able to express myself the way you do with just mm-hmm. kind of mind blowing. Um, yeah. And then also, you know, the benefits of wearing wool dreads versus synthetic styles was just very, you know, empowering. So yes. I was, I was very impressed with myself for like the first couple of months. <laughs> Good. Um, and, you know, super excited to like redo my resume and, you know, upload my business to my um, LinkedIn account. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so yeah, it was it was definitely a power move in the same way that, you know, finally publishing my co-authored poetry book was. So yes, definitely felt good. Um, and yeah, it is. And I think it was, I don't know, it feels like it was your calling because like you said, people are reaching out to you and, um, it, ge- it gives people a different way to express themselves. And like you said, it's much uh, better for your hair because as well, I do find that some synthetic styles are, and they can be quite itchy for the scalp sometimes. You know, it's not really natural. And wool is is definitely a more natural and sustainable material to use as well. So um, I definitely think that's the way forward um, for the black hair industry. You should be proud. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, and you're basically an advocate for black girl magic because I've seen um, some of your posts and I think you have a t-shirt or something that has black girl magic on. Um, what does that mean to you? Because it means different things for different people. But what does it actually mean for you? I feel like it's... I didn't really see a lot of people that looked like me when I was a kid that were in like any type of limelight, you know, 
Today's day and age is a little bit different because how we judge success and limelight is a little different. You know, your internet yes. success and then your, you know, so things are a little different. But when I was a kid, I didn't really see anyone with natural hair like me. Like I've never had a perm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just always, you know, my cousins always had perms. My hair straightens really nicely, so I never really had that as an issue. Yeah. Um, but I remember in high school just being like, I am sick of straightening my hair. You know, mm-hmm. I was just like, my hair's not growing. And I felt like I was at like a really stagnant place with it. And I wasn't wasn't happy with it at all. Um, and when I stopped straightening my hair for like forever, <laughs> I was like, this is, this is what I want. Like this Afro is what I want other girls to see. Mm-hmm. So I guess when I, you know, hashtag black girl magic or I wear anything that has like, you know, black women, black mm-hmm. power for, you know, women of color. I just, I want them to see that it doesn't have to just be one way. And, yes. you know, just because, um, a black woman wants to straighten her hair doesn't mean, you know, anything bad either, or she wants Mm -hmm. to have colorful hair or she wants to wear a wig. You know, I wanted to celebrate all of those different aspects of black women. So I think that's what black girl magic means to me is just so that way some other girl can see, you know, Oh, I can have this huge Afro and like work in an office and it's okay. You know, and I Mm -hmm. don't have to, assimilate to whatever environment I'm in you can still say that you can be your ethnic self wherever you are so which is something that I still struggle with yes me <laughs> so too. I think trying to yeah trying to show someone else like hey I want my kids to be like yeah I have an afro and yeah I have dreads and <laughs> you know like I don't want there to be such a, a stigma towards those hairstyles or any hairstyle for that matter because it's just hair exactly education yeah I mean at my old workplace um just before I decided to become self-employed can you believe that I decided to wear my hair out which was a rare thing I usually just tie it back but one day you know I was feeling myself I thought you know what I want <laughs> to wear my hair out went to work and my manager came up to me and said um Michelle can you do something about your hair it's not really in line with the uniform and it's messy Mm. so (laughs) after that I I'm like a bit rebellious so I kind of approached everyone um every other black person who was working on the team and I said guys this is what our manager just said to me um can you sign this petition and also can you wear your natural hair tomorrow because I want us to protest. Like, I'm not having this at all. How dare he? Um, Of course, I came in the next day and people were hesitant and they kind of didn't, you know, wear their hair out like I kind of wanted them to. Um, So Mm. I was by myself. But that's fine because I understand, you know, some people didn't want to kind of like risk their job or, yeah, that's completely... It takes one person to start a movement. It does, it does. But (laughs) at the same time, it was really frustrating because I just felt like, wow, how... Like, why can't I wear my natural hair and why isn't this acceptable? What is the uniform? What does that even mean? Like, how is hair right. not a part of a uniform? This is just ridiculous. So um, I think there needs to be, you know, a lot more education um, 
when it comes to hair, black hair specifically. And I think as much as there needs to be that kind of like um, education and also like people that are inspiring others. I understand your struggle. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's really frustrating. But like now that I'm kind of working for myself, I want to, you know, make this known and that's why I wanted to start this podcast as well so that I could talk about things like this so that you know maybe someone will listen or maybe somebody will you know be in the position where they didn't know because it is it is education and some people don't know sometimes it's pure ignorance not actual racism it's just Mm -hmm. the ignorance of not understanding or knowing um certain things so yes um (laughs) moving on (laughs) from that sorry about the rant there (laughs) oh no you're fine rant on I agree with you wholeheartedly yes (laughs) (laughs) what advice would you give to someone who has like a similar idea to what you had and wanted to start like a small Etsy business of their own I would say have a before you open have a bank of products So have like 10 or five things done. So that way when you upload, you can start with, you know, you have a couple of different things up there and then, you know, offer, if you can offer a variety or like customization, people really love to customize things, Um, but feel free to have another outlet that's not just Etsy. So I've had a couple of people reach out to me through Instagram and Mm. we'll buy dreads that way. And, you know, so it's when you have your own business and you're small, you know, as long as you don't have like 50 people wanting to buy things every single day and you can manage, um, I would say just kind of make sure that you have a place to do wherever you need to, like whatever you're making. So I have, you know, a big huge tub sink that I use when I go to dye everything so I can Mm. mess up that entire area and no one in my house gets angry if it is stained purple for like eight days (laughs) um (laughs) just kind of having that space to make and create your stuff will take off a lot of stress and if you are going to be shipping and packaging things um get a scale (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) get a scale is what I can say for Etsy specifically um if you use their shipping and stuff like that which is great get a scale my wool is really light so I don't Mm. really have like too many issues Issues. like even if yeah even when I buy so I buy bulk wool off of Etsy from a farm in North Carolina amazing so even, yeah, and I yeah, got to talk cool. to the lady, so that was great. I was oh, that's like, so oh, cool. This is what I'm doing with your wool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love she's that. like, oh, great. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great community to be yeah. on, but just keep in mind to always have different avenues to sell your business, to mm-hmm. get business from. Um, so that's always going to be kind of, you know, and start a YouTube channel eventually, you know, mm-hmm. like I will eventually. Exactly. So just have having those different areas to be successful through and then having the space to do stuff. Because when I first started and I was in college, like there was no room to do anything, you know, but also don't be afraid that you don't have time to do something. You can always make time to do something, mm, um, yeah. you know, schedule it in 
I would say I have a bullet journal. I'm very, very passionate about bullet journals. I won't okay. go on a bullet journal rant like I <laughs> like I usually do. <laughs> but they're really helpful. Like if you can journal out your day, your week, mm. and just figure out where you have time to do something. And if you need to schedule, you know, like self-care time as well, then schedule yes. that in there as well, you know? So it's, it's not, not everything is going to look like the success stories that we see online, you yeah. know, not everything skyrockets out of mm-hmm. nowhere, of you course. know, um, listening to, I believe I listened to the lady who uh, made Pearl's daughter and she was talking about like yes. her failures in the beginning and saying like, oh, it was a struggle. You know, mm-hmm. but you can mm-hmm. succeed, but yeah. your success, you know, might not look like someone else's success. So never compare yourself to something else would be the advice that I would have. That's really good advice. Um, and that's advice that I would give as well. And um, in business, we usually say that failure is a great thing because you learn from it. And it's good because when once you do learn you can only get better and build from that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, don't expect, like you said, it to skyrocket. Things take time and work. And yeah. a lot of the time, like a lot of us, including you, me, a lot of people who I've had on the show, everyone who has like a small business knows how much work you have to put in. So you might see somebody on Instagram and think, wow, like they're doing all this stuff. This is amazing. But you don't know sometimes how much work they've had to put into it. And it's a lot. And scheduling, like you said, is great. I need to get one bullet bullet point journal, is it, that you have? Yeah, I need to start doing this because at the moment I I use my phone, but I'm also using my head and my head is full of different things. So I need to actually write this down. It's always helpful because the entire journal is like dots. So you can draw lines, you can draw in it. You can, if you need to like make a mental note of something, but that Mm -hmm. mental note needs to be written down because God forbid something else happens and you make another mental mm-hmm. note and then you got 12 mental notes and you can't remember <laughs> what the first one was. Yes, so, that happens. Know, like I, yes, I live by this. The reminder app on my phone is great, mm-hmm. but to an extent, I'm a really like tactile person yes. in the technology world. It's a struggle, but the journal definitely does help. Yes. Um, I and, need to write for you know, it to cement in my head sometimes. Like I need right? to physically It's not write. real until it's, yeah in paper <laughs> yes the old school way yes <laughs> so um I know that you're into art and you're very artsy like myself um so you already know that this podcast is about well-being and cats um do you think creating art and even creating the hair that you make is a therapeutic process for you and if so why I would say to an extent, yes. Mm. The so when I first when I first start the dreads, you know, they're in I have like a huge bundle, which is basically looks like a ball of yarn, but like okay. a drastic ball of yarn. <laughs> <laughs> um it's kind of what the wool starts off as. And I, you know, after I section that off and everything, I usually am sitting somewhere to kind of start the process and my cat usually sits with me because Aww. he likes to, he just, he's so close <laughs> during all the process, except for the dying process. That's when yeah. he has to just, he has to go. Mm. But the dying process is probably my favorite 
in my most calming because all of the creative juices get to come out to create something. Mm. Um, and dying with writ dye or other natural dyes is really, I feel like a mad scientist. It yeah. also doesn't help that I put on this little lab coat. <laughs> cool. so I don't stain my clothes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it kind of, you know, that's my, that's my mad woman with random paints in hand and just kind of like, if it lands on the canvas, it sticks. And I love it. <laughs> that's kind of, uh, you know, people, I started recently writing down the formulas for like how much of what mm -hmm. dye and <laughs> how much of this did I put in it to achieve this color? Because I had, um, my boyfriend was just like, how'd you get that color? And I was just like, I don't know. I just <laughs> was in the room and this is what happened. Isn't it great? <laughs> and he's like, what if someone wants that color? And I'm like, mm. ah, mm, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, definitely the dyeing process is my, my mad woman creative juices just self-expression moment, even if the dreads aren't for me. You know, I had the client before that wanted me to match a dress that she was wearing. Okay. And I was just like, okay, I'll take this challenge. Mm -hmm. I got this, you know, and it matched perfectly. Nice. I don't know how it happened because color matching is like for a computer Hot. to do, but <laughs> it worked out really, really well. And I was super impressed with myself. And I was like, yes, of course. <laughs> that's exactly what I intended to do yeah you know, I always tell people there'll be like a variation in color because dyeing is you know it's it's a science but it, I don't have a formula for every color so mm -hmm. and even if I did write down the formula you know maybe today's water was too cold and it wasn't hot enough and I didn't use enough um starter or you know so I try to that's that's my most creative moment. Mm -hmm. Rolling out the dreads is more like a. am sitting in my kitchen with like a TV show on. Okay. And I'm like rolling. <laughs> yeah. So that part is more, you know, I get to do something else while I do that part. But when I'm dying dreads, you know, it's just Focus. blasting music and mm. trying to make I'm sure that, creative. you know, yeah, that the green pair of dreads that I'm trying to make don't turn blue. <laughs> because there's always you know like for for anyone who dies anything they always know that once you add too much you can never go back so that's yeah. kind of you have to pay attention if you dye it too dark that's it you have to start over with like the whole dread process there is oh, no way that you can take those sets and make them lighter without really in my opinion like messing up the color flow that I would have went mm -hmm. so I tend to dye my dreads like how I used to dye my hair with like the understanding that if a little bit of this color fades what color will it fade to they never fade but for some odd reason that's just <laughs> the process of my that's mind your thought. So, yeah yeah but it's always it's always a lot of fun that part I love it. the colors yeah the yeah, rainbow dreads were whew, they were an experiment because I had to like, I had like bottles that had all the dye in it. And then mm -hmm. I had to sit there and like put a little bit of dye, make sure that all that oh, piece of the dry to saturated, okay. keep going down and like wipe my gloves off. And yeah, I was going to ask how sure you did that. Because, turn green. <laughs> yeah, because it must have been such a, a process, like so many different yeah. sections and yeah, so much to do and to think about. Um, 
but still fun. I like that it turns out different all the time. I like that it's not, it sounds like it's, you know, it's not factory made. So the fact that it's handmade, I love that because it, it feels more authentic. You know, it feels nice that, that, that not everyone is the same, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I made those yellow dreads again for someone else, they're yellow would probably so this is the other thing it's like when I make a certain color for myself I'm going for something really really specific so that's the specific color of yellow that I wanted but let's say Mm -hmm. they wanted you know more of like a neon yellow I can Mm -hmm. do that now that I know that's the yellow that you're going for so especially that's why I said customizing is always a great Mm -hmm. thing to tell people I know what color I'm going for so I always ask people when they want a certain color, if they can send me, you know, even my cousin, she, she sent me a whole bunch of pictures of a couple of different wigs. And she was just like, I love the color of these wigs. Can you make these in dreads? And I was just like, yeah, I got it. Cool. <laughs> because it gives me, you know, like a color to go off of mm-hmm. and then we can go from there. Nice. So, yeah. And even if I need to do like, um, like every once in a while, there'll be a color then I'm not necessarily sure how it's going to turn out. So I won't do bulk right away. Like I'll start with one dread mm-hmm. and then see what that color turns out and then tweak the formula from there until okay. I get closer and closer to the color that I'm trying to achieve. So you just do like always a, a process. A test run. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That yeah. Sounds That's so what I'll be cool. doing for the, for the black, red, white, and blue one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to do some, some testing to make sure that they are the, the length, the width, the like, because I can change the length, the thickness of them, the color, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. how fuzzy they are, how tight they are, you know, if they're crinkly, if they're curly. So there's, you know, a lot of options. Yeah, so versatile. So, but sometimes that's too many options. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Are like, huh? What can I do? And I'm like, you can do whatever <laughs> you want. Just send me a picture of something that inspires you and I'll make a pair of dreads off of that. <laughs> So, for example, if I sent you, like, a picture of a strawberry ice cream, like, being, like, the cone, being, like, a yellowish kind of colour, and then the ice cream on top being pink, do you think that would be something you could do? Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. And if it has, like, so I'm envisioning strawberry ice cream looking like, if the strawberry ice cream isn't, I'm sorry, we have cold stones in America. I'm not sure if. No. that is overseas or not now okay so they have <laughs> they have like this ice cream that's like a strawberry shortcake but Ooh. it's like vanilla ice cream and like this other type of ice cream mixed together and then they add pieces of um waffle cone in the <gasps> ice cream and real strawberries oh, and they like chop gosh. it all up and then they what? put it in this waffle cone so that's what i'm envisioning <laughs> why do we not <laughs> so have I'm like okay okay <laughs> I feel yeah. sad. I need to come to the States just to find this ice cream. This sounds amazing. <laughs> I will take you to all of the ice cream places oh that I know. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I would love. There's some that's in, there's like this one farm that I always go to to get uh, Cookie Monster ice cream. Ooh. And it's like this bright blue ice cream and it has no like chunks way. of cookie dough and oh like brownies chocolate chips like. Oh. and it's we made have from nothing. the cows that they have on the farm oh my gosh <laughs> so we have nothing amazing. like that and it's fresh 
I'm so wow. sorry. No, yeah, I'm sad. Like, there's literally a tear falling down my face right now. Um, <laughs> um, yes, I can make that color. Yeah, I can make that, that a reality. That sounds amazing. Okay, okay. Well, we'll definitely look into that in the future then. <laughs> um, I read that you're a co-author of a published poetry book. I love poetry. Um, and it's called um, Cookies and Cream. Can you tell us a bit more about how that started? Um. <laughs> So I wrote this book with my best friend and my Aww. little from my sorority and my roommate. So, you know, we jokingly, <laughs> her junior year, she was just like, we should write a poetry book because mm-hmm. you like poetry. And I was just like, ha, 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 no. <laughs> and I like walked into the other room and like completely ignored, you know, what she said. and was yeah. just like, no that's not possible. How could we college students like publish a poetry book? Like you've lost your mind. Mm-hmm. And then my super senior year, which was her senior year, and we were graduating. <laughs> I think it was like January. And I was like, you know what, Crystal, let's do it. And she's like, it's four o'clock in the morning. She's like, <laughs> do what? And I'm like, let's, let's write this poetry book. Like I'm, I feel like we can, and she's like, seriously? <laughs> like, First of all, it's four o'clock in the morning and like I need to go to sleep because I have class. Mm -hmm. But also it's January. We graduate in May and you want (laughs) to write a poetry book now? Like (laughs) what? So, you know, it kind of it was mentioned in January. Then it was mentioned again in February and then kind of like February, March, it kind of got more serious. And I like brought in some professors and was just like, hey, you know, this is an idea that my roommate and I want to do. And they were just like, well, why do you want to write a poetry book? And I was just like, because I feel like my poems can be helpful to someone Mm -hmm. else, you know, for reading them. And they were just like, okay, you know, what, what is going to make you, you know, like stand out in the market? And I was just like, well, let me tell you about, let me pitch you this idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my professor is just like looking at me like, oh gosh, (laughs) here we go. Like, I don't know what's going to come out of Camille's mouth. And I'm just like, okay, here we go. You asked for a pitch. This is my pitch. Give me money. Um, (laughs) And I was just like, (laughs) my, my pitch was saying that my roommate is from a, she's from Western PA, you know, Mm -hmm. countryside, like in the woods, not even just the woods. She's from the woods. Oh, wow. And I was just like, yeah, I was like, she's a, a white woman from the woods and I'm a black woman from the city. And I was mm-hmm. like, we have two completely different perspectives on things that, you know, we share that perspective with each other mm-hmm. so that way we can understand both sides of everything. Um, you know, she doesn't understand what it's like to be black. I don't mm-hmm. understand what it's like to be white. We kind of have those, you know, we have those deep conversations in order to, you know, build upon a relationship with each other, but just also like an understanding in society. Mm. So through our poetry book, the idea was, you know, we both have written a lot of different poems. So we basically, um, but that was my pitch to my teacher. It was just like, yeah, two different people, experiences. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I'm the cookie, she's the cream. Yeah. And my teacher is just like, okay, come back to me with, you know, like the poems in the order. And then we'll talk. And I was just like, okay, bet. I was like, this is going to be so easy. And I go back to my room and I'm just like printing off all my poems. And I tell Crystal, I'm like, print off all your poems. She's just like, what is happening? And I'm just like, we're going to put together this poetry book. And she's just like, okay, 
Like I said this a year ago and you laughed at me. <laughs> I'm like, mm. I understand. I was wrong. I apologize. <laughs> you were right as always. Um, I call her Ma as well, yeah. even though she's younger than me. But this woman is like wise. Is she wise? So wise. <laughs> and, she <is. laughs> and she, you know, like if I need anything, she will be there. I'll be like, oh, my gosh, like I can't, you know, and she'll be like, you can't. Excuse me. Mm. I'll be there in five minutes. Mm. And I'm like, oh, oh, OK. <laughs> Thank, They're thank the you. best people. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so we, we definitely are like that for each other. And for our yeah. friends, I am I am the mom and she's the dad. You know how, like, the Aww. dad is always like, okay, so what do we have to do to fix this problem? And the mom's, like, hugging you, trying to give you, like, that emotional yeah. support. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of, like, our personalities. Nice. But we sat down and, you know, put all of our poems out in the way that we – it took us a while, like – this was a lot of late nights after, you know, studying, finishing essays, because I was an English major, she's a political science major, and a philosophy major. So like, wow. we had papers to write. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, tried to figure out what we wanted people to get from this experience. And it was right around like, I want to say, it had to be in February because we did a lot of like um, February's, you know, Black History Month. So mm -hmm. there was a lot going on on campus. And we did like uh, there was a poetry reading and they wanted me to read a poem before, you know, the I won't I was going to call her the professional poet, but like <laughs> the actual speaker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a professional poet, but the <laughs> yeah. actual speaker, you know, they wanted me to speak before her to mm -hmm. give two poems. And then they wanted my roommate to give a poem. This was, you know, no one else knew that our poetry book was a thing that was happening. Okay. So um, we decided that we were going to read, um, I can't remember the title of her poem that she read, but she went first. Um, and her poem was basically talking about how she doesn't, you know, that she will never understand what it's like to be a Black woman, but she can stand next to her Black friend and you know see the way people treat her and protect mm. her from that and try to educate those white people because they'll you know hopefully will listen to her more yes <laughs> but just kind of you know sharing that experience of um you know like one of her lines was talking about when we go into walmart you know i don't look and don't see the stairs but she is behind me glaring at all the old white people staring at me mm -hmm. <laughs> so you know just kind of like that was her perspective and then um I went after her and I gave the title of my poem was my fear of trees from fruit to reality mm. so it kind of talks about you know how how it feels to be a black person walking underneath of a tree in a racist town kind mm. of you know okay. it's kind of like the 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 fear of like your shadow being on the sidewalk you know Mm -hmm. in the tree hanging over you and you know like I talk about you know southern fruit have a lot to say <laughs> so mm -hmm. kind of like that. my experience yeah um, yeah so we decided you know kind of after that it was I guess like March mind you we graduate in two months <laughs> my so, goodness you know, the pressure is on to finish yeah. this um the English department decided to fund us publishing our book which is great you know we had a lot of support behind us yes. yes had a lot of support behind us so that was really really important for us um 
my best friend in my big in our sorority uh she's a black woman from baltimore as well Mm -hmm. she designed the cover of our book which is you know a a cookie that's like half bitten and then Mm -hmm. you know your glass of milk um Mm -hmm. and the text and everything and i really wanted it to be that like tiffany blue i really Mm -hmm. don't know why but it's just i was like crystal what do you think of blue and she's like again it's like 4 a.m and she's like whatever (laughs) blue Mm mm-hmm I don't, what does this have to do with anything? And I'm like, I am a night owl. So I'm always, yes. And I'm like, yes, the best this, ideas. This is when I get mm-hmm. inspired to take over the world and mm-hmm. like do it all. And she's just like, go to sleep. We have yeah. a class at eight. Like, oh. <laughs> You're right. I yeah. have to make breakfast tomorrow. It's my day. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. So, but we sat down and organized our poetry book in a way that it goes. My poem, her poem, my poem, her poem. And we didn't label them. So you don't know who wrote each poem, Ah. you know? So it's kind of, um, we go tit for tat back and forth, but sometimes Mm. it'll be like two of her poems back to back and then Mm. two of mine back to back and then one of hers and then two of mine. So it's very, um, we did that on purpose. And we sat down one like Sunday morning and I told her, I was just like, look, we can't, we need an introduction, you know, for the poetry book. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, okay, so, you know, what are you thinking? What should we do? And I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> and she's like, how about, you know, we write a poem together? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, okay, okay. And I was like, okay, all right. So the way that the beginning poem that we wrote together, you can read it separate. So you can just read mine and then just read hers. Or you mm-hmm. can read my first line and her first line and then keep going like that in the poem oh, cool. mesh together. Yeah, that's, so that was that's really creative. <laughs> you know, the I was we were pulling out all of the stops that me as an English major had learned over the years. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but it was we, you know, got the submitted all of the requirements to get our book published, mm-hmm. and then we started working on the you know marketing part of it and getting like business cards which were in like a little square because I really wanted the book to be a square but the publishing was just like hey you know like square books don't really sell because they don't like fit on the shelf yeah the rest of the books and I was like darn it one day I you know we said for like the 10th year anniversary we were gonna have like someone else like revamp the book and have them put it in that ideal square (laughs) I really wanted um, with like you know like the gold trim pages you know really nice. like go for it on like yeah you should anniversary. yes um, but yeah I can so picture it kind of <laughs> thank <laughs> you I can picture it too I can always <laughs> picture it um but yeah we finally officially published the day be- the night before we walked across the stage wow <laughs> that's amazing everything was finally done finally in we still we still hadn't had like any of the marketing stuff like all of it was coming to school and my professor was just like I'll mail you your your 20 copies of the book and I'll mail Mm -hmm. you your posters and your postcards and your bookmarks and all of your Mm -hmm. promotional stuff and I was like oh my gosh like that's so uh, cool (laughs) it must have been such a relief as well because all of that work it was like exams Mm -hmm. like I was in a play like there was wow (laughs) there was so much going on (laughs) yeah Yeah. she had like two um like term papers to write I had one because I was just you know my English major 
I had classes that I had to like um, switch around because, you know, I decided to change my major really late and then also decided to add a minor that they weren't wow. offering all the classes for that minor. So I had to like run from one class to another and only within <sighs> like I had a class that was an hour and a half, but I was only in that class for an hour because the other half an hour started my other class and I had oh, to like run across goodness. campus. I was just like, okay, have a good day. Okay, bye. I gotta go. Here's my essay. <laughs> wow. Um. So yeah, senior year was, it was a lot, but we also, you know, in some way, somehow was able to publish that poetry book. So it definitely means so much to me. And we got invited back to my school the year after we graduated to um, be on a panel of authors from our school, which oh. was, you know, it always feels, yeah, it feels really impressive mm -hmm. because, you know, everyone else is like way older than us. And we're just sitting there like, yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> you know so it was it was definitely an amazing experience and to be able to you know write my first book with my best friend was just <sighs> you always have someone Perfect. to like give you feedback and you know help with so she'd be like hey you know like this poem this poem is great but like what are you talking about <laughs> good point maybe it doesn't need to go in the book and she's like yeah I don't I read it and I was like, hmm, that's nice. What did I just read? And I'm like, you know, that's fair point. You know, I wrote a poem about my uh, my boyfriend. It's in there. It's called my potential one year anniversary. <laughs> and he was just like, why is it potential? And I was like, because who said we were going to make it through a year? Like, I am crazy. Stop and it. you are crazy. So like. Stop. <laughs> huh. But you know, we're three years strong, so <laughs> made it through. But yeah, it was you know, there's we have um a poem in that book that I wrote that year or no, I think I wrote it the year before and it was right after like a really traumatic uh ending of one of our mutual friends and we weren't friends anymore. Mm. And you know, my roommate it was in the, it was in like the discard pile of poems on the floor. <laughs> Literally our kitchen table was just filled with poetry and you could never put anything wet or anything near the kitchen table because yeah. it only had papers. <laughs> but she was like, why is this in the discard pile? And I was just like, you know, I don't want to give that person a voice, you know, mm. through my poem or whatever. And she was just like, no, someone, you know, reading this book will have gone through what yes. we have gone through and will need yeah. to read this. And I was just like, ah, all right, Ma, put it in, put it in the pile of, mm -hmm. you know, of maybes. <laughs> and it, it ended up in the, the final cut. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she's right because people, we all experience this. So it's nice to read something that you can really relate to. And I think that's when you really get absorbed into a book when you're like, this is me, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it definitely, you know, we have, we have a lot of different perspectives in there. You know, she grew up, um, I guess you would say like poorer than I did from living mm -hmm. in a city to living in like a rural, a rural area. Yeah. Um, and she has, you know, like a poem that talks about like the experience she went through growing mm. up and it's completely different than mine. Like she used yeah. to tell me, you know, she would go to school on a tractor like wow. yeah. and I was like what <laughs> you know like I was like I caught the public transportation bus yeah. to get to school but yeah. like what are you talking about yeah what the heck you know like so 
our experiences were so drastically different mm-hmm. in the fact that, you know, we could come from two opposite sides and, you know, come together and not only form a friendship, but, you know, be able to keep that friendship after dealing with the process of writing a book together. Yeah. It's a process, but it definitely will build a friendship. 100%. Or break it. One yeah. or the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it made you stronger. Exactly. So, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. And where can we find, like, if I wanted to purchase any, any of the listeners wanted to purchase the book, where can we purchase it from? Um, you can purchase it on Amazon. Okay, cool. Uh, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's on there. Um, (laughs) I actually had a conversation with my, uh, my best friend who helped me publish this book together. We were talking yesterday and I, you know, was reminding her, (laughs) through like one of our little boats of like confident boosts for each other. I was mm-hmm. like, you are a published author. Your mm-hmm. book is in the Harvard library. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, you know, if anyone, you know, listening goes to Harvard, you can, you can check out the book. It's in your library. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that was, you know, but yeah, you can definitely um, purchase it off of Amazon. So yeah. That story was very inspirational and it makes me feel like, uh, what have I been doing my whole life? Um, so yeah, I really commend you guys for that because that must have taken a lot. I can't even imagine. It just makes me feel like I need to get my life together and organized because if you can do all of that, <laughs> then anything is possible really for any of the listeners. As yeah. Well, never give up. <laughs> yeah. Definitely have to remind myself that I did all of that. Because sometimes you tend to forget your accomplishments, you know, with years and you forget, you know, you see the book, but you don't know or remember. You forget the process. What it took to get Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. The process. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Always remember. (laughs) Um, So moving on to my favorite part of the episode, which is about your cat. Can you tell us a bit more about him and your journey together? So. I did not plan on getting Killmonger. He actually had a brother from, this is also my best friend, Crystal. Uh, Her cat had a litter, but they had too many cats in their house. They had like Mm -hmm. 13 cats. Wow. Um, So they were just like, you know, one of their rescues impregnated one of their uh, other rescues that they Mm -hmm. thought was a boy, but it was definitely a girl. (laughs) So you know, accidental pregnancy, from, you know, all yeah. walks of life. Yes. But, um, so they sent me a picture of like this really fuzzy cat with like blue eyes and it was gray. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I want this little fuzzy pound of fur. <laughs> and I told my parents, I was like, I'm going to get this fuzzy pound of fur. And they're like, you're not bringing that cat to this house. We already have <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, no. we only have two pets. It'd be fine. <laughs> and um unfortunately that cat didn't make it and it got really sick and passed away it was Mm -hmm. about a litter of like seven Mm -hmm. but only three of them survived Mm. and I was just like okay well you know I still want to come see the kittens like it doesn't matter I still want to see the kittens so um came over to see them and I was just like oh my gosh like two of them were black and then the other one was just like a lot of random gray, mm. brown, white, black. Like he, he, <laughs> his name is Dracula. But uh. he, he, he looks like a Maine Coon because that's what their dad is. Uh. And their mom is a gray, um, like just a normal tabby cat. Uh-huh. Um, so they have some very interesting mixed genes. Yes. But 
I picked up Killmonger because he was, well, well, his name wasn't Killmonger. I forget what they had named him, but he had some name at mm-hmm. the time. And he was just like running around and kept headbutting people in their legs. And I was just like, what is up with this kitten? Like, does he <laughs> want to be picked up? Because I don't understand what he's doing. So I picked him up and I was just like, hey, like, calm down. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Like, what are you doing? Are you just happy to see people? Like, is that what's going on? There's too many people in this room. And then he put his, so I was holding him kind of like you would like a child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he headbutted my, like the crook in my elbow and he Aww. fell asleep Oh, and he was cute. just asleep. And I was like, Hey, I think this cat died in my arms. Oh. I'm so scared. Like, <laughs> I was like, what just happened? Like he just headbutted himself. And then I was just like, he's suffocating himself. Like what is happening? Aww. And you know, he just, started purring and was sleep and I just you know sat down and was talking to everyone else the other two cats were running around and he just sat there and slept mm-hmm. in my arms for like a good hour and like woke up stretched and was just like oh it was you that I was laying on and I was like Cute. I'm taking this cat with me <laughs> and my veteran was just like okay great and she was like what's his name and I think this is when Black Panther had like just aired and we just mm-hmm. saw it like twice and I was like, his name is going to be Killmonger. And she was just like, okay, always going with the villain. And I was like, of course, you know, like, I don't necessarily agree with the, you know, the way that you do things, but your mindset wasn't necessarily wrong. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah, we're going with Killmonger. I was like, because I can't name him the Joker because I was just like, you're just not the right complexion. We got to find mm-hmm. another cat that looks slightly green. <laughs> Maybe I'll name him Joker. But I, um, you know, so that's why I named him Killmonger. And then that's kind of how we met. And then I brought him home um, because he he was really sick when I first brought him home in like April. He had worms, which, you know, kind of I figured that's what was happening. So I took him to the vet, got him dewormed, you know, he was on meds. And then he was up and like running around the room and like losing his mind and trying to get lost in every nook and cranny in my room and I had to like barricade my back room because it had just too many places where he could disappear and I'd Mm -hmm. never find him so um but eventually he got longer he just kept getting longer and like no weight was being added I was like what is up (laughs) why are you so long you weigh like three pounds like what is happening um and I took him to the vet they were like yeah he's fine he's just growing and I was just like oh am I just one of those moms that like brings their kid in every five (laughs) minutes because something you know and I was just like I have a veterinarian background like I should fall back on that yeah (laughs) I did not um but yeah so it's been uh two years and he'll be three next year so yeah it's it's been great it's been a a lovely journey he traveled back and forth with me to college um so that was really nice Uh, Nice. my boyfriend was still uh in college like a year after me and I we both came down to visit him and then we both came down again for his graduation so we got to take you know graduation pictures with him on that day he did fine in the car like he he is my road dog if I'm going for a long (laughs) drive or like going to another state my mom yeah. and I took him with us when we went to Maine ah. um which is like really far from 
Baltimore. Okay. <laughs> um, hours of driving. Um, wow. And he doesn't mind. Like, he just, he goes to sleep in his carrier. Like, he doesn't even yeah. meow, like, yeah. anymore. Like, the first time we took him in the car, he, like, had a panic attack. And I was like, mm. oh, my goodness, I can't drive with this cat screaming. And mm-hmm. I took him out, and I was like, Killmonger, you just got to calm down. And he was just like, oh, my gosh, where am I going? <laughs> and the only thing he wanted to do was look outside. <laughs> so like a little dog. As soon as he was, yeah. So as soon as he was close enough to the window, he was fine. And I was like, ah, oh, great. Because I don't know what I was going to do with the screaming cat. Well, screaming little kitten in my car. But um, yeah, he just perfectly fine in the car now. He loves long car rides. He just goes to sleep and he wakes up with the most like, huh? which is great um he's kind of like my emotional support animal as well yeah. whenever i get like really upset or if i'm having because i have panic attacks and anxiety mm-hmm. um so if i ever have a panic attack he he's like that labrador you know like mm-hmm. he just kind of runs over looks at me licks my hand and then just kind of sits there looking at me like okay get better get better so I can go back to doing whatever I was doing before you started crying. And yes. then, you know, he'll like, he'll sit in my lap and just be like, okay, pet me and feel better. So I can go back to laying on the floor over there where I was. <laughs> um, and he never fails to do that. And he's started doing that to my mother as well. If she ever gets upset about anything, he will come out of nowhere. He will rub on you. He will try to sit on you or sit near you if you're standing and we'll just like be like, yeah, I'm just here for you know, like emotional support. <laughs> um, so he's great. Yeah, he's. I definitely say like there's been a few times since I've had him that he's saved my life. Um, yeah. basically. So that's kind of you know he's a little overweight now, which is so irritating because he took so long to gain any weight. Mm-hmm. But he was 13 pounds at one. he like grained so much weight in like two months (laughs) so confused but he's on like a little veggie diet so he can eat all he wants for Mm -hmm. these little veggies and then he eats his regular food um so yeah he's he's doing great that's good (laughs) and your story it just sounded like he chose you like he knew that he wanted you as his mom he definitely did because I did not plan on taking any of those cats (laughs) I was like they're cute but they're not the one that I wanted with the little blue eyes and that was so fuzzy and I was just like but my mom like my my parents at first were just my dad was like oh I don't know if I want another cat in this house Mm -hmm. what if he doesn't get along with the cat that we already have and I was Mm -hmm. like Jade's old like he's not gonna care maybe he can teach Killmonger how not to mess things up um, which he doesn't like, you know, like cats, you know, will, like scratch things or like ruin stuff. He yeah. doesn't, he literally is a dog. My oh. dad calls him a dog because he plays fetch. He likes to play tug of war. <laughs> he will tug wow. something out of your hand. He will swat <laughs> things out of your hand like a dog would do to like eat it. <laughs> like That's he funny. fights his water bowl like all the time. To the point where he has a dog water bowl because he can lift several pounds. It's so irritating. (laughs) Yes, he will will find a way to push, pull, and knock over. Like, I think it was like a 30-pound water tank that I had for him. No. So now he has a dog's one (laughs) that holds a lot more water. 
and it's huge for this tiny freaking cat. That is but, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So he um he lives up to that part of his name. He yeah, he likes he, to be very aggressive at times. Yeah, I was going I've to say. I've trained him to like, yeah, he's, I've trained him to like, because I live in the basement of my house and we mm-hmm. get like these little like, they're called carpet crickets. Okay. Um, And I can't stand them. They're terrifying because oh. they look like a spider, but they jump like a cricket. <laughs> it is very oh. irritating. Oh. And they just, oh, they're so irritating. They can go up the walls and everything, but I don't have oh my too, goodness. too many, but like, they're terrifying. They're not that big either, but anything that moves without my permission is terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so any bug that I find in my room, I'm just like, where did you come from? How did you get here? Which entrance did you come through? So mm-hmm. I can plug the hole. <laughs> but I mean, I'm in a basement, so it's just not possible. Yeah. But he, you know, ever since he was little, was just like, he would watch me go to like corral this bug in a corner so I can get it out of my room. So now that he's older, he's just like, I got this, ma. Mm. And he like, you know how like dogs will like, um, go kill something and like bring it back to you yeah <laughs> yes that's what he does my cat does that with bugs wow <laughs> it's very aggravating but he'll like instead of putting them on the bed because he lays on the bed with me he will put them in like the center of my floor like where i could see it if i get uh, out of my bed i see like a little pile of the bugs that he's caught and i'm like okay thanks and I go get the broom and I'm like, <laughs> sleep. <laughs> Even though it's Dump. gross, it's really cute because he's doing it because he loves you so much. Right? And I'm just like, oh. He also, so I tried, you know, like, as a cat mom, I wanted him to have, like, all the toys in the world. Like, mm. Spoil this cat. Mm-hmm. He's going to have everything. My cat doesn't play with normal cat toys. <laughs> at all. He absolutely hates them. If it jingles, he's not playing with it. If it rolls, he's not playing with it. He's not playing with any man-made cat toy, like, at all. Except oh. for, like, a feather on a stick. He'll play mm. with that. But that's it. Nothing else. My cat loves to play with water bottles. Oh. I don't okay. understand how this happens, but he <laughs> loves the crinkliness of a water bottle. Mm. So, like, I will, um, I'll cut a water bottle, like, the circles out of it, mm-hmm. um, and just make, like, these little stacks of rings. And he will grab this little thing, run around the house, smack it around, and then that's what we play fetch with. Oh, he refuses. And I tried to buy something that was like a cat toy that was just like it, and he refused to play with it. Mm-hmm. He hates catnip oh. with a passion. Okay. <laughs> with an ex- like, he gets angry when you bring catnip around him. He will swat the bag out of your hand and then run away from you and hide. <laughs> and he's black, so, like, you have to turn on the lights on yeah. to find him. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's an, an interesting cat dog. Yes. It, what we call him in our house. Yes. Yeah, he does sound like <laughs> a cat dog. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. It was lovely and inspiring and fun and witty. Thank you so much for having me. It was it was a lot of fun. Oh, good. I'm glad. 